Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you, and God bless. We thank you because we know you're already here, but I invite you to really take every word here and impress it upon every heart. Come with your power. Come with your revelation. Come with your grace. Come like a rain. Flow like a river. Heal the sick here. Deliver the oppressed here. Encourage challenge. Open our eyes. Let everyone see more than what I'm even talking about. And I surrender myself to you. Help me to be able to speak the way you will have spoken if you were to be here physically. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. We started a series two weeks ago. Sorry I missed last week. I had to be somewhere. Uh, to speak, and uh, I got some queries from people on that, so and I answered those. Uh, so we're going to continue on our divine advantage. I started a series about believers' divine advantage, and I talked about Jesus telling us it is advantageous for him to go uh, without leaving the Holy Spirit will not come. So the Holy Spirit came to give us an advantage in life. Even though most of us, we like to discuss how disadvantageous we have. We like to talk about how things are not working out. We like to talk about how we are minorities, we are women, uh, I'm not educated, I don't have the beauty, the handsomeness. If I'm this, if I'm that, if I'm taller, I will be better. If I'm lighter skin, I will be better. If I have this, if I have rich parents, I think life will be better. Uh, Things are tough for me because somehow there's a disadvantage. I'm a single mom, I'm a single dad. Those are disadvantages in the natural. But as a believer, you don't have an advantage, a disadvantage, because you have the Holy Spirit. The reason why God gave us the Holy Spirit is to remove those disadvantages and to give us an advantage. And to be advantage or to have an advantage or to be advantageous is to have a a condition or circumstance that puts you in a favorable condition. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them you are in a favorable condition. You are in a superior position as a child of God. So you are not a minority. Tell your neighbor, you are not a minority. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? So don't walk around and just have this thing in your head. Oh, I'm a minority. Oh, minority don't succeed in America. That's not true. 
for others who don't have the Holy Spirit, that's true, right? But for you with the Spirit of God, that is not true. Don't walk around and say, oh, I'm a woman. You are not a woman. You are a child of God. Amen. You're not. There's neither man, male or female. No, there's no, as far as God is concerned, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no slave, there's no free. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You're not uneducated. You have the teacher that lives in you. The Holy Spirit. So don't go around and say, oh, no, life would be better if I went to Harvard. No. The one that created Harvard lives in you. Praise the name of Jesus. The teacher lives in you. And I want to let you know that the early church, they found themselves in that same situation. A lot of disadvantages. people. I hope you know that they were not the best. Jesus didn't choose the best as the leaders of the church. They were not the greatest people. They had weaknesses. You know, Jesus even told them they were dull of hearing. They knew. Even people around them knew that they were really nobody. They were not leaders. They were not, the, they were not politically connect, connected. They didn't have political connection. The early church, they were really people on the fringe. All right? But look at what Jesus told them. That's really very important. Jesus told them, take this message to the whole world. And I'm sure they are telling themselves, the world we've never been before. Many of them, I'm sure, have not, even, have not traveled as at that time. They didn't have those kind of lifestyle. They were not the cream de la cream of the society. And Jesus said, you know what? You are going to take this message to the world. And how? In Acts chapter uh, 1 verse 8, he said, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which is where they were based, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he's talking to people who had a lot of disadvantages, who didn't have the connection. They were not connected to the government or to the leaders of those days. And yet he said, you are going to take this message to the world. Look at another thing he told them. He said, you are going to make disciples of all nations. You know, of recent I was meditating on that, that Jesus actually said, you're not necessarily just going to make disciples of people, you're going to make disciples of nations. Isn't that amazing? And that's what they did. Nations. And as I was studying that, the Lord said, here at Agape House, we are going to make disciples of nations. Amen. Hallelujah. We are going to make disciples of nations. We are going to change what is going on in nations. By the grace of God, in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Because of the great advantage. Another thing Jesus told them is, you will do greater works. He said, go and do greater works. Go and do greater works, even than I have done. I mean, I can imagine they are like, wow. I can imagine them being 
overwhelmed. How can you feel advantage when you are even by Jesus Christ? I mean, mere being by his presence alone makes you feel small, right? It makes you feel like nobody. But Jesus said, <clears throat> greater work you will do. He said, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do greater works I have been doing. Great works. And they will do even greater things than this because I am going to the Father. And why is he going to the Father? He's going to the Father so he can release the Holy Spirit. So when I go to the Father, he will send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will enable you to do greater work. Another thing I found out that Jesus told me, he said, go and feed the hungry. Help the poor. I mean, they, they didn't have connection. They didn't have government grants. You know, when a church is feeding the poor in America, people ask, where are you getting the money? You're getting some grant or something? Every, everyone wants to get some grants. No, no, Jesus wasn't talking about that. He's saying, I am giving you the power of the Holy Spirit. And that will enable you to feed the poor. To, you know, feed the hungry, help the poor. So, he gave them an assignment that is huge. And for anyone here that God is giving you an assignment that is huge. Maybe the dream in your heart is bigger than what you think. And what you are focusing on is the disadvantages in your life. I want to tell you, you don't have a disadvantage. The power of the Holy Spirit is upon you. You just need to do one thing. First of all, change your mindset. Alright? Change your mindset. Put on a different mindset. Put on an advantage mindset. You know, quit all this, you know, joining people to talk about how, you know, how you are not, you know, how things are rough, how you don't have this, you don't have that, you don't have the pedigree, you don't have the background, you don't have this, I am this, I am that. No, 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 no. In the natural, a natural man should focus on that. But you are a spiritual man. A spiritual man focuses on what is possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, so you have to really shift your mindset. Yeah, it's tempting. That's what the environment we live in is so difficult not to go into that conversation. You know, because people are going to pull you into that. You know, people are going to tell you how things are. Have you noticed that when you tell people how bad things for you, they tend to want to tell you how worse it is for them? Have you noticed that? Oh, if you tell them, oh, you know, I was sick yesterday. Say, oh, I was sicker yesterday. <laughs> then, oh, last week I, w- I had flu. Ah, oh, mine was worse. I couldn't even, I mean, everybody is competing with how things, how horrible things are for them. No, you need to really, really, we need to stop that. We need to start focusing on what God said about us. The advantage that we have in Christ Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, Apostle Paul was telling the Corinthian church, and even us, that our case is not different. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, I'll read a few verses there. He says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you are wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. 
Not many. So think of where you are. So you might feel here, I am not very wise by human standards. You still got a chance. You might feel in your mind, <coughs> excuse me, I am not influential by human standards. I don't have a noble birth. So he's talking to them here. Look, just see, when God called you, you don't have all these advantages. You don't have all this money. You don't have inheritance. You don't have grandparents that just will you millions of dollars. But he said, God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify those things that are so that no one may boast before him. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, when we came to Roselle, what we saw, nobody knew us. We didn't have many people that lived there. Nobody knew, but we said, we are going to do something to help people here. It's almost like we were adopting the borough, the town. So we're going to help us. We're going to go out there, serve, do whatever. But what did God do? Now we are influential here. Praise the name of Jesus. Everybody wants to be associated with our church. Everybody. Everybody wants to say they're in our good books, I have a relationship with our church. Some of them, I mean, it is incredible. Just, and that was not the goal. The goal wasn't just, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. No, 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 no. We're just going to disciple. Hallelujah. A few months ago, the Lord spoke to us, you're going to disciple the state of New Jersey. And what did we do? We started praying for the state of New Jersey. We just started by that. How many of us noticed? I was also raised prayer here, a prayer meeting. We started praying for the state of New Jersey. Then what happened? I got a call. The guy running for governor, we'd like him to come and visit your church. And that's what happened. There was no... No call, nothing. It was us. Everybody's scrambling. Praise the name of Jesus. Yeah. And we're going to disciple the world. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. As I was preparing, you know, a few weeks ago we, we were having a, we were having a meeting, uh, a retreat with the ministers. And we started saying, can we list number of nationalities that are here? We did that. I think we came up with about 11 or 12. In our church here. So I was preparing this message. The Lord said, how about start discipling those nations? By just praying for those countries. So by God's grace, we're going to take each of those countries, nations represented here. You know, we're going to look for their Independence Day or whatever. And we're going to pray for that nation here. By doing that, we are discipling those nations. And you're going to see God will begin to give us young roads into those places. Praise the name of Jesus. So God told nobodies, group of nobodies, Jesus told them, look, you're going to take this thing to the whole world. In fact, they were in such a weak position when Jesus was leaving. 
it will be insane to leave your oppression for those set of people, right? I mean, they were afraid. They were running away. Peter just betrayed him, right? I mean, in the natural, if you look at Jesus Christ, you say, what a failure. After all these years, you're going to go and you're going to entrust all these things to these jellyfish. Or girly men, we call them, right? They ran away. They were jittering. They were hiding. Somebody already betrayed. And it was in such a weak. They were in such a weak position. But Jesus knew. In the natural, they were weak. But when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to turn all things around. Folks, we have that same Holy Spirit. So we should stop thinking like we have an handicap. We don't. In fact, we have advantage. Praise the name of Jesus. So we must put on a different mindset. And we must now cultivate a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Which is what I'm going to talk about today. How do we cultivate that? Because it is not important to just have an advantage. To have a car. I was saying yesterday. I mean last two weeks ago. It's not important to just have an advantage card. If you forget your card everywhere, it will not be be of use. If you get to where you need your card, you left it home, then what's the point? You must always have it. And the advantage we have, children of God, is the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about him today. Next week, I'm going to talk more about it. We must cultivate a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give you practical ways to do that. They're going to be very, very simple. Many of them are things we've talked about before in different settings. But I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit will harness them together for you as a practical tool to use as a person. What a great time we had in prayer today. Our sister Bollard that led the prayer. She said we shared notes. She prayed, but she, she literally was praying this as if she, I gave her my notes to, to lead us in prayer. How many of us were here? She was praying. She spent all the time praying about the Holy Spirit, right? One of the first things you should do as a believer is to study what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Especially about intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I want you to do a personal Bible study. It's very easy to do these days. You can go on Google and say Holy Spirit, right? And it give you other. You can use, before, we used to say go get a concordance. Right? Go get a concordance. Go get a concordance. You know, and concordance is this huge. You carry it around, the whole world knows that you, are, you have a concordance. Now you just need a small phone now, right? iPad, computer. Wow. You know, print them out. Have them on your phone. And just begin to study them. You see, the anointing, the gift of the Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they, are, they don't come, they only come from, I mean, also, they, are, they don't come from an impersonal force. They come from a person. And 
Intimacy with that person is very important. And that person is the Holy Spirit. They are a manifestation of his person. They are a manifestation of his person. When the Holy Spirit is there as a person, then his anointing is there. Right? When the Holy Spirit is there, then his gift is there. When the Holy Spirit is there, His wisdom is there. Praise the name of Jesus. They are not products of an impersonal force that just jump on us. No, 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 no. They are products of His person. And we must start by knowing His person. How many of us know that is not difficult to do? Tell your neighbor, that is not too difficult to do. Hallelujah. Number two, you must discover, and you are going to discover as you begin this journey, how uniquely, how you as a person uniquely connect to the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. You know, because the Holy Spirit is a person, He connects with all of us uniquely. I want you to say uniquely. How many of us have more than one friend? You have more than one friend. The rest don't. You just... You don't have more than one friend. We need to pray for you, right? or siblings, or children, if you have a relationship like that, there is always something unique about each relationship. Is that true? So there are friends with me that there are some things we will say to each other. There's a way we greet each other that is so unique. In fact, I have three children. I have great relationship with the three of them that I have unique relationship with each other. I have nickname for each of my children, uh, rather. I have a nickname for them, and when I say that, she will respond back, and it's only between both of us. And sometimes when the other one wants to do that, I say, no, 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 no. <laughs> my youngest daughter, we have a way we kiss each other. Kiss here, kiss here, and kiss here. It's three kisses. <laughs> That's what we exchange every night. And my other daughter would not do that. She would do two and a hug. That's unique. And it's, it's developed over time. It's so unique. That's even with our friends. I have relationship with all the leaders. We have great relationship. Praise God for that. The ministers. Yeah. The but I also have something unique with each one of them. When I'm talking with each one of them, there's a vibe that is unique. There are jokes between each sometimes that's just different. So it is important to know, and I'm saying all this for us to know that that is the same with the Holy Spirit. You must have your own unique way of talking to Him. Maybe some of you, you just like to go to the ocean and sit and talk to Him. Maybe for some of you, it's a walk. Maybe for some of you, it's some language that you develop. 
that when you just start saying it, you know he's enjoying it. You know he enjoys some of it. He enjoys it. You know, a few months ago, the, the Lord started teaching me, just, just saying, trying to help me to say, I want you to be less religious in your relationship with me. And he said, many people don't know um, that personable. That even when we pray, because of the way we were brought up, we, there is a posture that we have in our mind that is also very impersonal. That treats God as if he's so far, he's far away. Am I telling the truth? You know, we close our eyes, we just imagine that we are yelling to somebody that is so far. Right? And that is hearing us, or there's a big sound, and we're just trying to break through, hoping that somehow we will be the loudest, or somehow we'll just be able to go through those hoops. And he said, I want you to really see that I'm just sitting beside you presently. You know, and you can get a cup of coffee and be praying and be talking with me. That develop what is called conversational prayer. You know what I'm talking about? Many of us, we were never, I was never brought up that way. I mean, that would just be considered disrespectful. That you are praying with a coffee, a cup of coffee. What kind of Christianity is that? This is, you know, that's, that's what, you know, the first day I did it, it looked awkward. So I said the day, in the morning, I would just get, and I would have, and I would just talk. Conversational prayer. And in the process, and the Lord showed me a few things that I'm going to say. The Lord, the Lord actually said, there's a difference between what I want in personal relationship and in corporate relationship. The Lord said, the reason many of those rules that we see, they are applicable to corporate worship. I am more structured in a corporate environment. That's what he said. So in a corporate environment, he doesn't expect all of us to be, you know, but when it comes to personal, it's each person. I mean, when I go out with my friend, it's personal, right? And we are relaxed. In the corporate, God wants us to come certain way, right? With reverence, with those things. So it's very important for us to know that we must develop a unique relationship. There's something that will be unique about it. Discover them. I want you to ask him, Lord, help me to discover how I am so unique to you. Holy Spirit. Help me to discover the uniqueness in our personal relationship, the uniqueness in our connection. In Jesus' name, amen. Number three, pay attention and cultivate an awareness of the Holy Spirit. Pay attention to it. You know, you see, you must cultivate an awareness of the Holy Spirit. You know, it doesn't mean we always feel him. But it means we always seek him. You know, we always seek him. You always seek it. 
And one of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit the most is our lack of awareness of his purpose. Have you, have you, have you been somewhere when someone pretends you are not around? You know, I mean, you're just, maybe, maybe you're just in a room, the person pretends I'm in church. You're even trying to greet that person. They just pretend you're not there. They just carry on. Sometimes we do it unconsciously, right? But it hurts, right? You just feel like they just pretend I wasn't there. I was even trying to greet. I was trying to shake. The person just carries on like I'm not present. So the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He's grieved when his presence is not acknowledged. So we must pay attention. And ladies and gentlemen, he's not only present when we have corporate worship. He's present to you at your, with you at your job. When you're going for that meeting, he's present. When you're having a walk, he's present. When you're driving, he's present. Right? He's present to you on, with you on, on that date, when you're going on a date. He's present. You must know that he's there. All we need to do is create, cultivate an awareness of him. And aware and acknowledgement. And pay attention to him. Most times we don't. And that's why we miss him. We miss what he's trying to tell us. When those disciples, there are two disciples on the, on the road to Emmaus. Jesus was there. That's after Jesus uh, was crucified. So these two disciples, they were just talking. They were talking about the event that just happened. They were like, wow. I can't believe he's God. I can't believe they just, uh, they just took him like that and he just died. I thought he was going to escape. They were having those conversations. Then the resurrected Jesus shows up. And he said, what are you guys talking about? Said, Where have you been? You've not been reading the papers? You've not been listening to the news? You know, Jesus just died. And they, they talked for hours. They talked, they talked, they talked. And, uh, you know, they were going to go. They said, oh, man, you, you guys, is, you're so nice. I mean, it looks like we've known you forever. Just, just walking down, just coming with us. Coming, let's, let's, let's break some bread. They broke some bread, and as they broke the bread, all of a sudden their eyes were open, and Jesus disappeared. Then one of them said, "Wow, something has been burning within me all this while, telling me that this guy is him." But he did not pay attention to the burning inside. You see, that's how. We don't pay attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He's telling us. He's burning within you. Telling you to do the right thing. Telling you where to go. We must pay attention. Number four. Relate to the Holy Spirit in a natural way. You see, Holy Spirit doesn't have to be strange and weird. Because many of us, the only thing we associate with the Holy Spirit is His manifestation. Which, because He's manifesting through human beings, sometimes is weird. Right? Sometimes you watch, shake like this. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is touching them. That's all. That's not a problem. Because sometimes 
human being cannot contain the glory of God. That's why what happens. When God's power is there, it's like electric shock, right? So depending on your natural build. You know, sometimes something that shocks someone, some people can, it doesn't shock them that much. Alright? So, because of our natural makeup, sometimes things happen. That just... But don't just associate Holy Spirit with weirdness. You must learn to relate with Him in a natural way. You don't have to speak King James English to the Holy Spirit. He's not the one that created King James English. I mean, so when people are praying, all of a sudden they just change. Oh, thou Father, the one that maketh the heaven and the earth and everything that dwelleth. We come to thee today. The Holy Spirit said, why, why are you talking like that? <laughs> it's not personal that way. And it's not natural. You know? Did you get that? So you have to talk, you have to relate with them. You have to say, Holy Spirit, I just I just need your wisdom. Please help me, please help me. Help me, Holy Spirit. I need you. I need you to help me out. God, please teach me what to say. I'm going, to, I'm going to this meeting. Holy Spirit, what do you think of this person? What do you think? And listen. You need to be natural about it. See, the more you practice that naturalness, the more you will really get it, the more you will hear him. I think he doesn't speak because you are weird. <laughs> and he's like, who are you? I mean, were you not the one talking? I mean, who, who is this? So relate with the Holy Spirit in a natural way. Hallelujah. In a natural way means also it's there everywhere. It's comfortable with you anywhere. The only way it's, comf- it's not comfortable is where there, when you are sinning, right? In fact, the Bible says you can't sin in Christ. You have to take an excuse from Christ to sin. You have to take an excuse from the Holy Spirit to sin. Because he's going to tell you. He's going to warn you. He's going to say, wow, this is not right. He's going to burn within you that what you're about to do is wrong. Then you can ignore him and grieve him. Have you tried to pray after two hours of gossip? How dry do you feel, right? <laughs> you just you just feel dry. You just know that this is not that. You know. Praise the name of Jesus. Number five, be real and authentic. There's nothing to hide from God. There's nothing to hide from God. Many of us like to hide things. Whatever I've done that is wrong, you just forgive me. Uh, even the thoughts that I don't know, that I thought, you know, uh, you just, we try to be vague. I mean, when you can really be open, 
And you can say, Lord, I know I've not been faithful in the last few days. I've really, really messed up. I've missed my prayer time. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. And help me. That's real. Just don't say, in any way I've done anything against you, my father. Thou, O Lord, that forgivest. It's like you're not being honest. Be real. You know, even, even confession of sin is mean of sin. You know that, right? You, know, you, you have to name that sin. That's, that's the reason why we don't overcome sin is because we don't confess them. The Bible says, anyone who confesses, right, it, the Lord will cleanse. Not only is that, he also, he also frees. In fact, the Bible says, confess your faults to one another so that you can be healed. There are some sins we need to be healed from. It's not just talking only about sickness. There are some sin that needs healing. Alright? And that healing will come by way of confession. Alright? Naming it. Sometimes going to a brother to say, you know what? I've been harboring something against you for since that day. It's not been the same. I want you to forgive me. You're going to see that. Bam! You're going to be healed from that. That, that bitterness that you feel when, this, when you see them will go when you confess. But when you're just covering it up, that's why the Bible says anyone who covers their sin. You know, they cover with other things. So they cover, you know, unbelievers don't cover sin. The only people who can cover sin are believers. You know it's wrong. But you try to cover, but when you cover, you cover with something nice. You don't, right? You cover it so it looks okay. The sin looks acceptable. You know, you just say, you know, I'm just provoked in the Holy Spirit. No, you are, you are angry. <laughs> and you are bitter. Don't, don't, don't Christianize your... Ah, somebody told me once, ah, sometimes God uses my anger. God doesn't need your anger. <laughs> The, the anger of someone, no, the anger of man does not bring glory to God. Your anger is a mess. You need to go and look at your face when you are angry. So be real and authentic when it comes with dealing with the Holy Spirit. Number six, practice accountability in your spiritual experiences. See, intimacy with the Holy Spirit is not isolation. You know, it means you're accountable. You're accountable to people. Accountable to God. You're accountable to friends. You're accountable to your ministry people. That's why you're part of a church. Accountability. Have people in your life who can speak into your life. One of the things that we're ha- we lacking these days, especially in this generation, is lack of accountability. Everyone wants to live their life solo. They want to watch TV or, you know, Drive through church. That's what people want. Just drive through, you know, let me have my message for today. Yes, my offering. You go. Yeah, no, no. God doesn't want drive through through church. God wants real relationship, accountability. And God will help you in Jesus' name as you do that. Number seven, pray and ask for greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit. It must be a desire. It must be a constant desire. 
we must just desire it. And I want us to rise up and pray. And ask. And just tell. I desire intimacy with the Father. Holy Spirit, I desire intimacy. I want to know you. I want to know your voice. I want to develop unique way of connecting with you. I want to be real. I want to know your voice. I want to know what grieves you, what offends you. Take me to that place where I can truly have a personal, intimate relationship with you in a natural way. And that's our prayer today. Just ask him. Take me to that place where I can have a personal, intimate relationship with you in a natural way. Father, take us to that place. Thank you, Jesus. Take us to that place. That's what you died for, Jesus. That's what you paid for. So we can have access to the Father. So we can stop behaving like slaves, like orphans, like just distant people which is uh, struggling to get your attention. That's not what you want for us. You want us to know that you are there. We can talk to you. We can be real. We can be honest. We can confess our sin. Lord, help us. Help us, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now to just come. Come into the life of this one. Can you all lift, please lift up your hands? It's a sign of surrender. And it's a sign that you need him. And tell him how you need him. I need you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Intimate relationship, uh, 
you know you can't because you have not necessarily made that decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You cannot say, I am born again. I am new in Christ. And you want to do it today. I want you to lift up your right hand. Your right hand. Thank you. God bless you. I have one person. I have two. Any other person in the house? Your right hand. All others don't lift up your hands. It's only people making decisions that I want to see their hands now. Keep that hand raised. Keep it raised. Keep it raised. Thank you. Keep it raised. God bless you. Keep it raised, sir. God bless you. I want you to put that hand on your chest. Just put that hand on your chest. And I want you to pray after me. Just repeat. Just say, Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins so that I can have access to the Father. Today, I confess that you died for me, that you were buried, and you rose again the third day to give me victory. I accept that offer, and I thank you for it. I put my faith in the work that you did, and I declare I am a new person in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for your word. I just pray that this word will not come back to you void. But you will make sure it accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. There will be no more impersonal relationship with you in this church. We will no longer live our life like slaves, servant just trying to get your attention but we'll leave it like children who know we have relationship with our father thank you in jesus name we have prayed hallelujah let's keep standing while we do our confession